0: This is a podcast of Forest Lake Baptist Church Sermons. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit our Facebook page or our website at flbc.org.au. We hope you're blessed by this message.
1: So, um, I grew I went to this school when I was a, a young kid, and um a lot of people would think that, you know, being six foot six and a big guy, um, I wouldn't cry very much, but when I was a young kid. Uh, I'd cry the drop of a hat. Um, someone would say boo and I would start crying. I just was an emotional wreck all the time. Um, so I remember when I was in year one, I um, decided to go to the toilet with a mate. And um, as we were down in the toilet, uh, we're thinking, oh, you know, I'm not sure what I was thinking in that moment, but we thought it'd be a fun idea to pull out toilet paper, wet it and throw the toilet paper up onto the ceiling of the toilet. We did probably 20 or 30 of these, not knowing that there was a teacher walking past. And, um, you know, every step that I took up to the principal's office, I was bawling my eyes out. I had to stand in front of the principal and I had to give an account. This experience, very lighthearted, reflects on the sense of accountability. I think this speaks to everyone. We all can relate to the moment in school We've had to give an account in front of a teacher or a principal, and I'm sure some people have done it more than once. Just like to thank thanks for the opportunity to share this message with you this Sunday. When I was tasked in choosing a passage or theme, I turned to the Gospel of Matthew. God really spoken to me about the parable of the talents. As I delved into the text, it became clear that God had a message for me just as much as everyone else. In the verses in chapter 15, uh, uh, 25, Jesus is discussing the return of the kingdom of heaven. He tells us a story of a man entrusted in talents to his servants. There's three individuals in this narrative, each representing the master's blessing. As we explore this parable, we encounter a critical point. A time will come when a master will return, and we must give account to the talents and blessings that we have received. This judgment is based according to what we have received. Likewise, in the parable of talents, we have a responsibility to come with the blessing we receive from God. Just as the servants we had given an account, we too are called to answer for how we have a responsibility to our unique gifts God has bestowed upon us. As we journey verse by verse through this parable today, let us consider how our lives align with this story of accountability as we are using our talents and blessings to their full potential knowing that one day we must give an account. May this reflection inspire a commitment to God and a personal use of our gifts God has entrusted each one of us. For it, it was like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. Jesus sets the stage for this parable. The man represents a master or Lord who is about to embark on a journey. Before leaving, he calls his servant and trusts them to their property. In verse 15, so he, he gave five talents to one, to another two, to another one, each according to ability, and then went away. The master distributes among these servants, varying their amounts based on their abilities. The abilities can be seen as representation of unique gifts, resources, or opportunities that God has laid upon them. This is common thing for wealthy landowners where they had to trust their belongings with their servants as they left. To put this in today's economy, the eight talents that these people were given would be roughly about $2 million. At the time that this was written, it's about 20 years of service for these servants. So, um... In verse 16, He who had received the five talents went at once and traded them. He made five talents more. The first servant immediately put his talents to work, engaging in the trade and doubling the original amount. This highlights a concept of faith, product, productive commitment to faith in God. In verse 17, So also he had, had two talents, made two more talents. Similar to the first servant, the second servant also engaged in commitment, doubling the talents entrusted to him. But he who received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid, from his, ma- hid his master's money. The third s- servant, in contrast, chooses to bury his talent representing a, knack- a-, a lack of initiative and engagement in his master's resources. Now, after a long time, the servants came and settled their accounts with them. The master returns. He's looking for a time of reckoning. Where have the servants put their account? What have they done with the money that he has entrusted them? This reflects a broader theme of accountability and our commitment to God's resources. as he moves on to the first two servants, the man who received the five bags brought gold brought the five The man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master he said, "You entrusted me with five bags of gold. See I have gained five more." The master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge with many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. The master replied, Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share this happiness. The statement of the first two is exactly the same. well, done my faithful servant biblical texts that have looked into this topic indicates the parable is not about the total amount earned rather than it's the faithful responsibility living living up to one's potential gifts but the same cannot be said for the last servant he also had received one talent forward master i knew you'd been a hard man reaping where you did not sow gathering where you scattered no seed so i was afraid and I went and hid your talents in the ground. Here you have what is yours. The third servant explains expressing fear in the master. Presenting the buried talents. This illustrates the consequence of letting fear dictate our response to God's gifts. I've been in this boat multiple times. Letting fear take a step over my, over my life. I worked as a panel beater for close to four years. While doing this, I, I was on youth group on and off. I could see God speaking to me as I needed to take a step of faith. I used this talent and gift that God had given me and I was not happy at the time of my work and I needed to take a step of faith. I had a good income. My eldest son Noah was in private school at the time but I remember it, COVID hit us hard. I had so much um, time to meditate with God. (laughs) Okay. Both of them worked, so... I remember my work, let us know that due to the lack of cars on the road, there was going to be a lack of accidents. So God had given me a chance to leave and go and do what I decided that I wanted to do. So I became a chaplain for the last three years, including one year of study with God with the end goal of serving in mission in, in youth ministry. I knew I didn't have to be like the third servant. I knew I didn't want to be like the third servant. To be clearly given a calling or a talent from God and have no reason not to jump to use my talents to have faith and go for it. If I felt that God wanted me to be a panel beater, I was going to be the best Christian panel beater that I could possibly be. But that's not what God had said to me. So I jumped at the calling, securely knowing that God had my back. I'm not saying that we have to quit our job or look for another job. I'm saying that we need to be praying in our life actively seeking God to see what talents and gifts he's blessed us with and how we can put it into the center of our life. Watching a sermon on this topic, he said that one of his professors had made a statement and this statement really hit me hard. The biggest waste of time is being successful at doing the wrong things. I'm not up here to let you know that that this works in everyone's How this works in everyone's life. But this statement really made me think. Always say the statement, I'm going to have a quick look at Instagram. You have no idea how many times I go to look at my phone to do something really, really important and I'm stuck looking at Instagram or looking on YouTube or, you know, looking at the latest NRL highlight. I would say that NRL sometimes gets in the way of my responsibility to God. I'm really, really good at knowing about NRL. I'm so good that I could tell you 15 things that we did wrong in the grand final. It's great to have a harmless hobby. It's a great way to wind down after a big week. I really, I really had to think about how much of my life am I wasting on rather than the talents God had given me. I came to the realization that I can still consume NRL. Because it's something that I love, and God loves me more, and He's worth more than my time. He's worth more of my time, and I need to consume more of God. Now, as we, as we finish with verse twenty six and twenty seven, but his master answered him to the third servant, "You wicked and th- slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I not sow, gather where I scattered no seed." When you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, at my coming, I could have received what was my own interest. The master rebukes the third servant, highlighting an expectation of active and personal use of talents. This emphasizes the principle that commitment involves more than just upholding. It involves growth and productivity. The master takes the talents from the unproductive servant, gives them to the one with ten talents, including the stern warning about the consequence of utilising the gifts given by God. I love the richness of this parable. I want to share a personal story. About one and a half years ago, my wife and I received the news our unborn daughter Zabora would be born with a cleft lip and palate and other possible health issues. It was a very challenging moment as us as parents, a time filled with uncertainty and multiple emotions. As we faced the unexpected chapters in our life, I couldn't help but to draw parallels to the parable. Life had presented us with a situation, much like the master had entrusted talents to his servant. We too had given a unique circumstance that required careful responsibility and a willingness to negate the unknown. Just as the third servant in the parable faced fear and uncertainty, my wife and I grappled with the unknown. However, we realized that like the servants, we had a responsibility to be good Christians in this situation. With God always beside us, we sought out medical advice, we had tests done, and ultimately we found our position where we had to give an account, not to a master, but to the challenges life had presented it. Challenges hit my family hard. It was so hard with my role as a school chaplain. I felt in this moment, God, I need your help. How am I meant to help others and have and you've given me these talents and blessings of being a chaplain but but just god had blessed me with also giving me the ability to deal with these challenges just as i was speaking before how to take a step of faith i needed to rely on god through these tough times just like the first two servants they invested in something that they can rely on i knew i needed to invest and give it all to god in this moment because he is our security as we journeyed through the experience we discovered an unexpected blessing our, our daughter, despite the initial concerns, was all okay. He's brought, she has brought immense joy in our lives and reminded us that even in the midst of challenges, we have the opportunity to grow, discover our hidden talents, and be faithful student, stewards to God. As we conclude our, um, with the parable of the talents, I've delved into the responsibility and accountability that come to the unique blessing God has given all of us. The parable teaches us that God expects more than just maintaining what we've been given. He desires us to grow, invest, and use our talents for his glory. However, we must not lose sight to the fundamental truth. The ability to be faithful stewards in our journey of accountability, we are reminded that salvation is not earned through works or talents. In Ephesians 2, 8-9, it declares, For grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Salvation we receive is a gift, not a reward for our achievements. Just as our master is entrusts our talents to his servants, God in his grace entrusts us with the gift of salvation through faith in his Son. Our accountability lies not on earning our salvation, but living out our faith through gifts and talents he has given us. So, as we navigate the uncertainty of life and stand accountable to the talents bestowed upon us, let us rest on the assurance that our salvation is secured. It's not about the perfection of our works, it's not about the perfect, but it's the perfect work of Christ on the cross. May this truth resonate in the heart and commit of being stewards to God. In Him we can find strength and navigate our challenges. The courage to step out in faith, The joy of knowing our salvation is in christ alone as we reflect on the parable of talents consider the unexpected turns in your life perhaps there's challenges or situations that like the talents that have been entrusted in you how are you stewarding these moments how are you facing the uncertainty the unexpected blessings that god might have given to you this story reminds us that even in the face of the unknown we have an opportunity of accountability Stuarts entrusting that God can bring forth beauty growth in every situation i just gonna end in prayer and we'll get there dear God um thank you for speaking through me today thank you for uh entrusting me with the responsibility to share your word Lord um Thank you for calming my nerves and thank you for just um, allowing me to share this. I I pray that this message is able to uh, speak to this congregation and um, it's your will um, and it's your words, Lord, and um, in your precious name, amen.
2: That's definitely going to be a problem. You know, one of the most beautiful things we do as a church is to take communion together. And we're going to move into a time of communion now. And as we we concentrate on that, we're going to sing a beautiful song called Calvary. The Savior alone carried the cross for all of my debts. He paid the cost. Salvation complete. Now, forever, I'm free. Calvary covers it all. Thanks, Trev. The Saviour, my Lord, can the cross? Stand, please. For all of my debts, he prayed the cross. Salvation so from bleeds, now forever I'm free. Pound by me, cause it all. Cally, cause it all. My sin and shame don't count anymore. Oh, praise to the Every wise one sent my soul. Cover, regardless of all. The no power of the world, not the divine, the dread, and separate us from mercy and grace. Be as faithful as the day, for his blood that ever nails. This is how all want to people this將 and i session do not you No the sweet for No one but Jesus can make us pure and slow. We stand in every color. How many colors it all fall? How many colors it all? My sin and shame. Don't count any more. all oh, praise to think for what In face was inside my soul. And... Galvary cause it all. Galvary cause it all. Calvary, Calvary cause it all. Oh, my and Shelly, Don't count be more. Mm-hmm. Oh, praise to the one who has ransacked us all, and thou very of us. Oh, oh, praise to the one who has ransacked I all, and thou Thank you, please. Take a seat. Pastor Mark is going to lead us.
0: I want to thank Jacob for that message. When we talked about it through the week and he's, and we talked about what passage he was going to cover, I thought, I've heard that passage heaps of time. I know where he's going to go with it use your money for Jesus, use your time for Jesus. Yeah, 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 I know where that's going to end. And then as he went into what he'd been thinking about, that even challenges from God are something we steward. That really hit me this week. Thank you, brother, for that this morning. Everything God gives us, even the challenges, are given to us as stewards to shine his glory to this world. I've never heard that slant on that passage before thanks brother one of the responsibilities we do have to each other as christians sorry one of the responsibilities we do have is to each other and one of the things that happens so often in church life when we come to communion is we look at the same passage every time in first corinthians chapter 11 that begins with those familiar words in the same way after supper he took the cup he took the bread he took the cup we know that stuff the problem is, we lose the context of why Paul was writing that. At the beginning of chapter 11, where that passage occurs, it starts like this Now, in giving this instruction, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. See, there was a problem in Corinth. Well, there were two problems. The first is there were divisions. And the second problem was that when the church came together for communion, what was happening was they would come together for a meal and all the rich people could come early and they'd start eating. And then the poorer people who had to work longer, by the time they got there, there's no food left. And Paul is saying to the Corinthian rich people, oi, share, you can afford to eat. He actually says to them, you can afford to eat at home. When you come together like this, this is a meal where you're all equal. You're all together. And the basic reason, the ultimate reason why Paul wrote this passage about communion to the church in Corinth was this. You, communion represents the body of Christ. So that later on in the chapter, he gives the warning that, again, many of us are familiar with about examining yourself. But in what way should we examine ourselves? He says in verse 29, recognize the body. Anyone who eats this bread and drinks this cup without recognizing the body of Christ eats and drinks judgment on themselves. That's not just recognizing that the bread represents the body of Christ on the cross. It's also recognizing the body of Christ. As we start 2024, my prayer is that for us as a church, this communion will remind us, just as Jacob has reminded us about God giving us responsibilities and us stewarding them well, that we each have a responsibility to one another. Church is not ultimately about smoke machines or stuff that we do, the big things jesus said ultimately what will tell people that i love the world is this by this shall all men know that you are my disciples how you love one another as we take communion this morning what i am inviting us all to do is just to take a moment and to look around And look around and perhaps see someone where the last year has been difficult. Might even be a family member, I don't know. To look around and see someone who needs a touch from the Lord. Well, you are the hands and feet of Jesus. To look around and recognize we are the body of Christ. To bear with one another, to forgive one another, to serve one another, to speak the truth in love to one another. And to pray for one another. Our focus this year as a church is a focus. Our focus statement is this: Our eyes are on you, Lord. Ultimately, what we do as a church is point each other and the world to Jesus. And as I was preparing for communion this week, I was I started a new book that a, a friend gave me, and they quote in the start of, in the introduction to the book the words of one of my favorite hymns. Yes, 'tis tis sweet to trust in Jesus. Just from sin and self to... Isn't that a great word? Just from sin and self to cease. Just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. What we do together as a church matters. And how we lift one another up, how we encourage one another correct one another in love and ultimately love one another says to the world around us jesus is real so this morning as we take communion together we're going to share together and then after that we're going to pray for one another and jacob mentioned his little girl zipporah in the message today and this week she has surgery and we're going to pray for Zipporah, and I'm going to invite people around that family to lay hands on. And we're going to invite anyone who would like prayer today to raise a hand. And after we've taken communion together, we, anyone who's around them can lay a hand on them, and we're going to pray for one another. We believe we are the body of Christ. Let's pray and take communion together. Father, thank you for that word today about every, even the challenges we have in life are talents you give us to steward well to your glory and we rec- we recognize that as your people jesus has said to us by this shall all men know you're my disciples how you love one another help us to recognize the responsibility we have to one another and that ultimately if we do that well that cries out jesus to the world around us but ultimately all of that is only possible because Jesus went to the cross for us. Thank you for what Jacob reminded us that even the parable of the talents is ultimately a story of grace. That we don't earn your favor, we don't earn your love, we already have it because of Jesus. So as we take this communion together, Lord, we take this bread and we take this cup, we recognize what it represents. Jesus death on the cross for us but that ultimately he didn't stay in that grave he rose again and hallelujah he's coming again and one day we'll eat this meal with him in glory and it'll be better than these stale wafers it'll be the wedding banquet of the lamb thank you jesus we're sorry for the times we don't live the way we ought we don't love you and we don't love others as we ought we get far too caught up in ourselves. But as that excerpt from that hymn reminds us, from sin and self we cease and find in you joy and rest and peace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So just peel back that top layer to show the wafer. I invite you just to take it in your hands for a moment before you eat it and have a moment of personal reflection, personal repentance, and then eat it in your own time. In the same way after oh, sorry in the same way also, he took the cup after supper and said, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you meet in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Peel that second layer back. Scripture tells us there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Jesus shed his blood for us. Let's drink together. Yes, Lord, it is sweet to trust in Jesus. Just from sin and self-decease. Just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace thank you jesus amen so now we're going to have a time of prayer and we're finishing the service differently this today you'd notice we've done communion late in the service yes we are baptists and we're capable of change and how we're going to finish the service today is this we're going to pray together and we're going to i'm going to invite people to raise, raise hands if you would like prayer today then we're going to watch a video of a wonderful hymn uh, that I think, Wendy, are you going to introduce or are we just going to play it? you to introduce it? And then that song is going to conclude our service we're not going to have a closing prayer after that what we invite you to do at the end of that song is just come straight down to morning tea together so in terms of housekeeping where we're having morning tea at the moment is straight down the hallway there out through the other building and out under the awning we'll have morning tea there if you would like to know more about our church if you'd like to know anything about our church if you'd like to respond to anything you've heard today you can scan the QR code at the welcome desk and we can add you to the weekly email you can subscribe from that at any time Um, but it's a great way to get the news of the church which will resume being sent out this week so with that I'll invite you, if you would like prayer this morning, you don't have to share what's going on for you, but you would just appreciate some people around you to lay a hand on and pray. I invite you to raise a hand now. And for those around the Stedman family here, if you can, they've already asked for prayer, if you can uh, lay hands on them there. But anyone else, if you'd like prayer this morning, raise a hand and those make sure you get it nice and high so people around you can see. So a few down here, a couple over there ladies to ladies guys to guys let's move now let's do that lay a hand on someone who's got a hand up in prayer it's not too late to raise your hand and we're going to pray and i'm going to leave a space in the prayer when if you would like to particularly name what it is for which you are praying you're welcome to do that one of the great joys of being a pastor is after a service seeing people pray together It doesn't have to be me that prays with someone. We all can pray for one another. So, I'm going to close with prayer, pray for these people, and then Wendy, you might come and introduce this song. Heavenly Father, thank you that just as we have met around your table, just like children at the table of a good and benevolent and loving father, we say, Jesus, Heavenly Father, we need you at the moment. And for these who have raised their hands, we ask your blessing on them right now. We pray especially for the Stedmans and little Zipporah this week. As she has her operation, you have continued to show yourself faithful in this little girl's life. You have continued to answer prayer. And so we cry out on her behalf again today. Lord, continue in Jesus' name to work in this little girl's life. Give mum and dad calmness and her brothers as well. And Father, for everyone who has raised a hand this morning, and there's the voice of the one for whom we're praying. Thank you for that. And Lord, for all of those who have raised a hand today, we mention now what it is for which we are praying. Father, for those who are asking for healing, we pray for healing. For those who need answers to other sorts of prayer, we pray you would answer those prayers. Father, we thank you that you are a good and gracious God who has good plans for your children. But Lord, I also pray that as we pray for each of these people today, that just as James tells us, we won't just say, go well and go on your way but where we have opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We will take them. Help us to show your love to one another. And Lord, I feel prompted to pray also for those who would like to raise a hand today, but have not. Meet their needs, we pray as well. And now, Lord, as we close our time together in prayer, we thank you for who you are. We praise you for what you've done and we look forward to what you're going to do. I pray that as we gather again next week, there will be some amazing stories of answered prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.